Santos. All right. Um, I thought I'd share some things that are kind of interesting. Um, I've become aware of a few things, and I I want to start out by saying, you know, over the years we've shared a great deal about the sacred name and how important it is to keep that sacred name alive inside of you, keep bringing it focused, keep bringing it forward, keep manifesting it in your daily life, whether it's in your meditation or just during the day. The more you can keep that alive inside of you, the more it will live in you, and the more you're going to begin to see the power of that name and how it will begin to be powerful in you and around you, wherever you are in whatever situation you're caught up in, you will see the power of it. And it's a very important thing that, that this pathway is based on that sacred name because that's the whole pathway home to God is the sacred name. And every spiritual teacher who's ever initiated has always emphasized that above everything else. Nothing else is as important as that sacred name. Now, it's interesting that we have said that for 10, 11 years now, and you've heard that in other talks that I've given even prior to the time we began to initiate. But it's interesting now that in the Christian communities, whether you be Catholic, Presbyterian, or um, Episcopal, or whatever, there's groups within all the different Christian communities now that are forming that are interested in this idea of the sacred name. And what is it? What is the sacred name? And there's now a very ethereal community. It's not really an organization per se called the Society of the Sacred Name that has formed within the Christian community as a whole. And there's all these different professors, doctors, theologians, and individuals that are just authors and and, uh, students of religion that are looking to find out what the sacred name is and what to do with it. And is it important or not? And many of them are focused on the name used in the Hebrew Jewish tradition and others are looking elsewhere to see what the sacred name of God may be. They will not get it in the same way that we have gotten it because we have received it in initiation with the empowerment of that name in us through the action of the Holy Spirit. And that is what makes the name sacred. The name itself is not important. The words that we share with you in initiation are not the real name. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit coming in at the time the name is shared and anchored inside of your consciousness in the center of your own soul that makes it a powerful, sacred name. And it is only us using that name every day in a a way of loving God and sharing with God and focusing in our meditation that keeps it sacred, that keeps it alive, that keeps it living within us. So I find it very interesting now that the world in many ways, many places around the world are looking to see what is this sacred name? What is it really all about? And what do we do with it even if we figure it out? There's all kinds of conversations around how to pronounce these different names that are 
given, and if the pronunciation is correct, it's the mind once again kicking in and trying to take charge and control the situation. And even in our own meditations, the mind can do that for us. The mind can look at this name and go, did Jim and Brian just make this up? Is this just a made-up name from eons ago that keeps getting passed around by other people? Or is there something really here? Well, the mind will never understand, and the mind will never know what the soul can know by utilizing that sacred name and keeping it alive and keeping it in action in our daily life. It is only the soul that that name is for. It is not for the mind. It's not for the emotions. It's not for any part of the physical body consciousness. It is for the soul. And it is only the soul that truly can live it, experience it, and understand it at that level. And that's important to realize. You can be given the name in a book. You can be given the name by a minister at a church. You can be given the name in all different ways. But it will never serve you the way it is serving you now. Only through initiation does it really serve you because only in initiation is the power given to the initiate at that time that the name is shared. And it isn't in the spoken name and it isn't in the written name. It is in the devotional name, that name that is unspoken in spirit, that name that is unspoken. It cannot be spoken in the world because it is of spirit and there is no spiritual equivalent in the world to it. And only your soul can speak it. And only your soul can know it. We give names that are similar, that carry a frequency of the loving that is that name. But it is the soul that begins to merge into the true sacred name, which is the loving. That is the name. Loving. It is that quality, it is that energy, it is that presence of God that is that name. So realize that you have something that hundreds of thousands, if not millions right now, are talking about in their daily lives, in their churches, and they're doing research on and trying to find out and try to figure out and try to understand. There's conversations now, even on the Internet, about all of this. And some say, oh, I've got it. And others are saying, no, you don't. I've got it. It's just quite an interesting process that's going on. So I would look at your initiation and look at that sacred name as something very precious that you have received, not from the mind of man, nor from the world, but from God. And you have received it because the Lord in you that is your soul is longing to go home and knew that that was the way by which to get there. It drew you here because the soul in you wanted that name in order to be able to complete the journey here and continue the journey on from here. Honor that. Honor that every day. Give time every day to your meditation because that is where chanting that sacred name is most powerful. With eyes closed, with 
all your attention and focus on God inward and upward to the seat of the soul and beyond, that is where the sacred name is most powerful. That's where it comes alive inside of you. And that is where the transformation that the name carries in its loving takes place. Using the name in the world is a wonderful thing to do while you're driving the car, while you're at home doing dishes or just whatever it might be. Just chanting that name silently inside of you can be a wonderful way to keep that name alive and to keep that name present and to keep that name moving in your daily life. But it is in meditation that that name comes alive in a way that it won't ever come alive for anyone in any way unless they are meditating and unless they have that anchoring of the sacred name with the movement of the Holy Spirit anchored there. So allow yourself to realize how precious and how blessed and how fortunate we all are that we are allowing ourselves to be moved by God to come to a point of decision where we're willing to make change in our lives and to do things differently, including meditate, and to move towards and get initiated. And that's a big step for all of us. It's a huge step because somewhere inside of us, we had to say, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is true, but it feels it. The meditations I have been doing are working. I'm having experience and I want more. And I'm willing to take the risk and do. Get the initiation and do the meditations. That's when the opportunity comes. And that's when, if we take that opportunity, we begin to see true transformation, true change in our lives in a way that it's never happened up until that point. I know for me, I didn't receive initiation for the first 30 years of my life. I looked for the name. I found parts of the name, either in books or with what people knew. But I never found anybody who had all five names that they could give me an initiation until later in my life, not early on. And even though I did all this great work inside and outside, and I did my meditations daily prior to initiation. After initiation is when great change came. Great change, wonderful change. And I think for most of us, if not all of us, we could say the same thing. You know, it's interesting that now we relate to time and dates and years as either B.C. or A.D. Well, I look at it the same way. But I look at it as before initiation and after initiation. So it's B.I. and A.I. for me. And it is a very strong line of difference between the two places before and after. The quality of my inner life and the quality of my outer life changed dramatically. 
But the change came because I was willing to do the work. Change doesn't come unless we participate in that action of change. Unless we do our part, unless we participate, we are not going to see the change as radically, as quickly as we might like. But if we're doing our part, we will see change. We will see movement. We will see transformation. That's what I found for myself, and I know others have as well. And as far as how long to meditate, meditate however long is comfortable for you, whatever works for you. But I can guarantee the more time you give to a meditation, the more you're going to receive in the blessings and the grace in that action. And the more you're going to be allowing transformation to take place inside of you. That I know. Five minutes will give you a certain amount, but five hours will give you a greater amount, only because you've allowed yourself to sit in the presence of the name and of that loving and of that grace longer in a more vulnerable way. So if you're not giving a great deal of time to your meditation, consider it. Consider it. If you're doing 30 minutes, do 40 and just see what might happen. Just expand it a little bit, but give it a little bit more time to find out. Even go for another half hour if you can, just to see. I find for myself sometimes that I sit in meditation and it's easy to do two and a half hours. It seems like the time just flies. But other times I sit there and it's like, come on already. I'll just do an hour just to get this over with because my mind is in such turmoil and such stress. But I have also found that when I get to that point of the hour when I've decided, well, I'm I'm done at that hour, I go, okay, I'm going to go on beyond it now. I'm just going to see if I can get beyond the mind and get beyond all this turmoil in this moment. And it's funny because if I'll just break through that barrier I've even set for myself of that hour, all of a sudden things get quiet and I can meditate longer. Be willing to risk the time and be willing to do the work. And what is the work? It's loving God. What is the work? It's letting go of these physicalities that we have that hold us in bondage. You know, I look at the plagues that ravaged Egypt during the time of Moses, not as something that was a curse upon the people of Egypt, but rather it was those elements within ourselves that we ourselves have to let go of, that we have to let go of. And it was God saying, these things will not serve you. These things of the world will hold you in bondage. Let go of them. So look and see, what are the things that are holding you in bondage? What is it that keeps you in your turmoil, in your conflict, in your fear, in your anger, in your judgments? What is it? And begin to allow the loving in. Do nothing more than just invite the loving into that. Just say, Lord, I invite you into this, and I place your sacred name at the center of all that this is. And just see what happens. 
you might begin to find yourself wanting to make changes or things just automatically change in how you approach different situations and different attitudes. It can be that subtle and that simple. It's not a struggle. It's not a hardship. It's not denial. It's transformation. You transform. And it's the Holy Spirit and the loving that transforms you. That's something to remember. You don't do the work. You don't do the transformation. You just create the vulnerable point by which God can come in and do the work. God will do God's part if you will do yours. That's a profound statement. Brian just said it earlier. God will do God's part when you allow God to do so. And in meditation, that's where you're saying, come on in, God, you do your part. I'm going to do mine now. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to bring myself into a place of true vulnerability and just hold my focus as best I can upon your sacred name. And you do your part. Well, gosh, it's amazing what happens because God will come in and begin to do God's part. Now, you may find yourself in great joy or a great disturbance after the fact. The great joy may be because you begin to truly see the transformation taking place. And the disturbance may be you see the transformation taking place. And oh my God, it seems like I don't have control anymore. I want to hate that person, but I can't. I want to judge them, but I can't. I want to be lazy, but I can't. I've got to stay present in the now. And it's not that I've got to, I just do it. And it keeps me doing things and active and participating. I can't sit back anymore and just glide upon the situation. I take action all the time. My gosh, what's going on? It's God coming awake inside of you. It's you letting go of the illusion and living into the truth of who you are. And letting go of all those things that don't really serve you anymore. Allow transformation to take place however it does. And if it is disturbing, let it be disturbing. And move through that disturbance with loving. Love it. And you will begin to see what it truly is. And it's not disturbance at all. It's just change. It's transformation. It's a movement in a new direction. And it's up to you then to keep choosing to move with that. And to go in that new direction. So it's interesting now that people are waking up. I remember when I said in that Sunday school class and we were learning the Lord's Prayer so many, many years ago when I was seven years old, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, well, what is the sacred name? And I got in such trouble asking the minister to tell me what the sacred name was. Well, they're finally beginning to wonder themselves. They're beginning to search. They're beginning to question. Whether they find the name that we have, the name of initiation, the unspoken name that is never to be spoken, that's not for us to be concerned with. And what they do find and what they do with what they find is up to them 
and they will receive the results of that, whatever that is. I know that the unspoken name of God is meant to be unspoken and kept sacred inside. It's not to be shared in the world. In ancient days, the sacred name of God in the Hebrew tradition was only spoken ten times in one day. And that was the Day of Atonement. When the high priest went in to the Holy of Holies and spoke the name of God out loud in the Holy of Holies, asking for atonement, asking for forgiveness of all the sins of all of Israel and its people of that year. And that name was spoken ten times out loud to the people at the same time that all the rabbis, all the high priests, all the other priests were praying loudly so that even though the name was being spoken, not everybody could hear it. At the time that temple was torn down in 70 AD was the last time that name was ever spoken out loud in Jewish history, in Jewish tradition. And it was forgotten. They know how it is written, but they do not know how it's pronounced. And the reason being that in the writing of Jewish text, it's all in consonants. And the vowels are left unwritten. And it is for the teacher to teach the vowels of those words so that then they come alive. It's only the vowels that give it life. And they don't have that. That was a spoken teaching. That was the mystery that was given, and that's the time that the initiation was given. They only have the, the consonants, and they do nothing. They are not the complete name. They are not really the name. But we have that. It's an energetic. It's a dynamic. It's not a written word. It's not a spoken word. It is the loving of God that is placed inside of you and now is alive and wanting to live more fully every day. Let it live. Keep it alive. Do your part, and God will do God's. All right. That was fun. I like that one <laughs> very much. Pardon? Yeah, there's five vowels. That's true. And 13 consonants, uh, 13 syllables, which is interesting. The 12 and the 1. All right, well, I guess we'll, pardon? Yeah, five, <laughs> five fingers and five toes. <laughs> All right, well, that's true. We'll bring it to a close and see you all next Sunday. <laughs>